It's that time of year, my friend. That time warp on our calendar between Thanksgiving and Christmas, where it seems like we have more to do and less time to do it in. And there's just so much going on. Who could possibly think about maintaining healthy habits during this time of year? Between holiday parties, end-of-the-year obligations at work, decorating, shopping, cooking, coordinating travel, mailing the holiday cards, (laughs) as if, more like mailing Valentine's Day cards, Is it any wonder we just want to not worry about it until January? Well, today is part three of our three-part Handling the Holiday series. If you missed parts one and two, go on back and listen to those. We had one in October and one in November, and here's part three in December. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about mindset and the emotional part of the holidays, and we're going to talk a lot about tactical advice and making the holiday season work for you rather than against you. So... Ready to embrace the holiday extravaganza? Oh yeah, here we go. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this, but not that, and so you know what to do, but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome back. All right. Happy holiday season. Whatever holiday you celebrate, please know I am just so grateful for you. I pray for you and your family and that you may have the most holiday and joyous and season full of gratitude and blessings. So I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much. So let's get to it. First, we're going to start with the emotional side of things. And then we're going to get a little bit more mental and intentional. And then finally, we're going to get to tactical strategies. So let's dive in. Starting with the emotional side of things. Sometimes we have this idea of this kind of perfect hallmark image of what the holiday season should look like. You know, there's the Christmas tree and everyone's get together and we all decorate together. Or maybe you love to do the tree all by yourself and you've got the, the holiday music in the background with a nice steamy mug of tea or hot cocoa. Um, or perhaps it's Hanukkah and you've got all of the, the kids uh, around the menorah and you want to light the candle and so forth. And you just got this idea of how things should go. And life just doesn't play along. <laughs> Maybe the kids have soccer practice. Maybe you're older and uh, the kids are now out of the house and they're going to be spending the holidays with their spouses or their significant others. Maybe you've had a loss this year. Maybe somebody passed away. Maybe sometimes even maybe there's been a riff in the family. Maybe those relationships are a little bit damaged and there's this pain and a grief. I want you to be able to take a pause and recognize I had this idea of how I thought my holiday should go. And then I have my expectation of how it won't be like that. And I want you to give yourself some space to allow yourself to grieve that holiday that isn't happening for you. You know, we think about grief is usually when we're grieving a person, someone has passed away. And there are many, many different kinds of grief. You can grieve the absence of an expectation and that is okay. You're allowed. Um, for many holidays, my you may or may not know this, but my brother about 15 years ago decided to not be part of our family. 
And for many years, uh, obviously, you know, it's still a little bit difficult because he's not there in the holidays. He's alive. You know, he has a family, um, but he is not part of our our family or our celebrations. And there is an absence. And so, every year around this this time of year, kind of brings up a little bit of that grief of this is not the way I saw my relationship with my brother going when I was a kid. And it's okay to allow yourself to be sad, to grieve that loss of what you thought things would be. For example, I have a client and she's had a, um, a, a riff, a, a basically a break in a family relationship in her family has been extremely painful for her. And she's struggling with, I family was so much to me. It is so much to me. And yet this, this holiday season is not going to be the same. I can't be with that part of my family. And then there's other members of the family. Are they siding with him? Are they siding with me? There's so many misunderstandings. And it's okay to allow yourself to grieve for what you wanted and may not have. So nobody wins the hard award. It's possible that somebody else has it harder than you. You know what? Let's just go ahead and guarantee somebody out there has it harder than you. That doesn't mean you're not allowed to feel sad for what you're grieving, for what you're you're missing, for your, what you're disappointed and how the expectations are not being met by reality. There's a difference in, between the concept of clean pain and dirty pain. We've discussed this in the past. So clean pain is that kind of um, original pain, the original event that creates pain that is a part of the natural human experience. Everyone who is a human experiences things like loss, like suffering, like um, anger, uh, disappointment, things like that. There's that natural feeling that comes from the incident. And then there's dirty pain, which is the extra suffering we create for ourselves by the story that we create around the original suffering. So let's say, for example, with my client, and she had basically an argument with a family member, that initial argument is the clean pain where my relationship with this person is not the same as I as it was. I am hurting because of that. That's clean pain. The dirty pain she was creating for herself is, it's my fault. I should have been better. I shouldn't have XYZ. I shouldn't have, you know, said something or other three years ago that was, of course, brought up. And then there's the story of, well, mom is siding with this other person. And mom always takes their side. And nobody's listening to me. So this this story is creating the dirty pain. And we all do it. We all do it. But allow yourself to recognize what's the clean pain and have the grief. Allow yourself the space for that. And what's the dirty pain where you've been ruminating on how others may have been hurting your feelings or how they don't make you as important in their lives as you make them? Where's that story? And how can you let it go a little bit? How can you just allow it to be? So that's the emotional aspect. Sometimes the holiday season is not what we expect and it's okay to allow yourself to feel that grief and disappointment, but don't add dirty pain with your story. So let's get into part two of the holiday season. There's the mental aspect of this. Maybe it's not a sad time. Maybe, you know, you're super excited about the holiday season, but it is busy and it is hectic. And you're like, oh, how am I going to get it all done? Ah." Check in with yourself. How are you thinking about it? So a lot of times we create a a story in our minds about the holiday season. Like, for example, I'm just so busy with work and holiday shopping. I just, I can't think about weight loss. 
or there's so many different holiday events to attend. I don't even know what's going to be served. How can I possibly think about weight loss during this time? Or there's this, this special holiday cookies, like the kids will want to bake cookies. And of course, they're there and I got to have some and so forth. And so check in with your mindset. How are you talking to yourself? Remember, we talked in the last episode, like you can have a victim mindset, or you can manage your mindset like a boss. Anything is up to you, you get to choose. So let's look at those sentences. I'm so busy with work and holiday shopping. There are a lot of holiday events to attend. I couldn't possibly think about weight loss because I don't know what's going to be served or the kids are going to want to bake cookies. So let's take a look at it. I'm, I'm so busy with work and holiday shopping. Is it true? Yeah, it's probably true that you're busy. However, sometimes being busy means we're even more efficient with our time. So how can you get more done in smaller chunks of time? What doesn't need to get done? You know, you know who, who would survive if you didn't do X, Y, Z? Where are you creating extra busyness that doesn't necessarily have to be there? And that is not necessarily adding to the whole purpose of this season, which is to be present, which is to celebrate, to be grateful. You know, do those extra holiday bows on the, the cookies that you're sending to the teacher, do they really add to your gratitude and presence of, the, of this season? Maybe. If so, awesome. You do you. If not, maybe you don't need it. Just you check in. Let's look for evidence of the opposite. Again, the sentence was, I'm so busy with work and holiday shopping. So let's look for evidence of the opposite. What are times of the day or the week when you're less busy? Like, I don't know, Saturday, Sunday? Maybe who is someone in your home that is less busy? How can you delegate some shopping or tasks, maybe home, home life tasks, to somebody else who has more time available? There's always options. Check your mindset. All right, another sentence was, there's lots of holiday events to attend. I can't possibly think about weight loss because I don't know what's going to be served. All right, is it true? Sure, that's probably true. There are some holiday events to attend. But let's get real. Count them up. Exactly. Like a number. How many events do you have? Three? Five? Fifteen? Get really clear and realistic about the actual number And by defining a number that can make you feel a little bit more in control over those events, as opposed to like, there's so many, that's very dramatic and victim-y versus like, I have 12, I have 12 different events coming up. Okay, next, we're going to look for evidence of the opposite. All right, so in a week, imagine, let's just go with you have three meals a day, that's uh, 21 meals, right? So during a week, let's say you had three events of that particular week. And so of those 21 meals, three of those meals are meals where you don't necessarily know what's going to be served. You don't necessarily have control. That leaves 18 meals where you are completely within control of what you eat and what you choose. In addition, those meals when you're going out to a holiday event, you can still have a smaller portion. You can stop eating when you've had enough. You can choose to say no thank you, which by the way, we're going to talk about that later on in this episode. So manage your mindset. I just have so many events to to attend to is a victim mindset. Manage your mindset like a boss and know that there are so many things that are within your control. Last one, the kids will want to make cookies or that special holiday thing. Is it true? I mean, maybe. Have you asked them? And let's say it is true. What else can you do this year? Or maybe you could make the event baking and then you could donate the 
you know, most of the cookies to a friend, or you could enjoy, you know, say like on, t- you know, Tuesday, I'm just going to enjoy the heck out of these cookies. And then I will have had my fill. And then I'm going to let the kids eat the rest of them. You know, see how you can claim your agency. Sure, there will always be things outside of your control. And if you take time to look at the things that are within your control, there's a lot of things that you could look at differently. Remember, whatever you're looking for, you will find it. So look for the things you want to find. You get to create a holiday that is on your terms. Even if you're going to someone else's house, even if your holiday does not look like the way you expected it to, you get to create a holiday on your terms in your mindset. Sure, it is easy to worry about what needs to happen to make your mother-in-law happy or to keep Uncle Eddie from getting drunk and insulting your father-in-law. But at the same thing, you get to decide what is most important to you. This is a special time of year. What are your favorite things? Decide what you want from this holiday season. And notice what it's about. Decide what you're going to care about and what you're not. Are you going to care about quality time with your daughter? Or are you going to care about what your mother's comment is about what your daughter's wearing? You get to decide. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the emotional surprises or just the stress of the season and eat as a way to soothe over those emotions. But maybe not everything is worth eating over. So proactively decide what's worth eating emotionally over and what's not. Speaking of emotionally eating, let's talk for a second about holiday anxiety. Let's get really clear on what's going on in your mind. What are you worried about? I mean, like, you're like, I mean, Lizzie, how much time do you have, right? So let's get clear. Write it down. Write down all the lists of the things that you're worried about. Whose feelings are you worried that you might hurt? What family dynamics are you, are you worried about? Who drives you crazy that you know will be there? What logistics are too tight or too convoluted to, and they, they make you anxious? What happens if you do overeat? How will you treat yourself? Get it all out on paper. It is so much easier to deal with worries when you can see them in the light of day rather than letting them just rattle around and have free reign in your brain. So we talked about the emotional side. We talked about the mental side. Well, wait, we're not done with the mental aspect. We're going to get to tactical, I promise. But before kind of mental aspect part two is be intentional. It's so easy to be reactive during this holiday season. Everything is so busy. People want this and someone's feeling is getting hurt over there. And yeah, ah, I'm always reacting to things. Decide now, where can you be proactive? Instead of reacting, how do you want to respond? Be intentional. So how can you be intentional? Well, first of all, you can make a plan. I cannot stress enough how valuable it is to plan ahead. You can plan by the day, by the week, just loosely for unusual holiday treats that are going to be more available during that time of year. You know, I was talking to a client the other day and she was talking about when she goes to visit her husband's family. And I was like, okay, well, what kinds of things do you expect to be there? And she said, pie and um, cookies and the candied nuts. Oh my gosh, I just love the candied nuts. And I'm like, all right, let's plan ahead for it. And we talked about how does she usually eat them? She's like, well, usually you just kind of grab a handful and go. And I was like, makes sense. But you could end up having three, five, 15 handfuls throughout the day and not really notice. So we strategized and we decided that she um, would bring with her a small little uh, you know, pl- kind of plastic Tupperware bowl because her mother-in-law has small 
containers, but they're really fancy. And so she's like, I'm just going to bring my small little Tupperware bowl and pour the candied nuts into the bowl. And then now she's got kind of like a contained serving size. And so so then she can decide, I'm going to have three of these little bowls a day, or maybe one, maybe five. But each day she has much more kind of control over how she wants to eat this special food versus letting it kind of control her and be reactive throughout the day. So make a plan, be realistic. And of course, please do not expect perfection. (laughs) Make your goals and your plans for yourself realistic. Account for travel, fatigue, unexpected things that come up. It's so interesting how unexpected things are very, very predictable. And so therefore you can expect something unexpected to happen. So make your goals super attainable and help yourself feel successful during the holiday season. Little successes help you feel motivated to keep going. Here's another one. Sometimes it can be challenging during this holiday season because you may have a plan and you're like, okay, I've got this plan, but my grandma always makes her fruitcake and it, you know, weighs about 15 pounds, but she's, it's like the holiday thing. And I know I'm going to hurt her feelings if I don't, if I don't have some. So let's talk about ways to say no. And if you'd like, grab a piece of paper, take some notes. Here are a couple of kind of zingers to help you politely decline when someone tries to push food on you. It's, it's a weird time of year sometimes when people can be like, oh, come on, just have one. Or I made this especially for you. Here are some ways to gracefully say no and own your own power. So here we go. When someone offers something, you can say, oh, wow, thank you for doing something so special for me. I can hardly wait until I'm hungry and I can thoroughly enjoy your thoughtfulness. You can say, gosh, this looks so delicious. Do you mind if I take some home and enjoy it tomorrow? You could say, my goodness, that's so kind of you. Thank you so much, but I'm not hungry right now. I'll have some later when I plan for it. You can, you can keep the plan for it part to yourself, up to you. You can say, wow, I cannot wait to have this when I'm hungry enough to enjoy it. Thank you. You could say, this is so thoughtful of you. I'm looking forward to trying it. How about, I really love that you thought about me, but I'm just, I'm done eating for tonight. Thank you so much. You could say, thanks. I will love sharing this with my family or you know what? It'll be great with coffee tomorrow. And you can also say, these are so amazing, but right now I'm really full and I'd like to save them for later. Thank you so much. And you can also graciously accept the food and then not eat it. You know, they don't have to be hovering over you every minute watching to see if you ate the food or not. So that's when someone offers you some food, you can politely say, thank you, but not right now. But let's imagine someone says, you know, they don't, they don't take no for an answer. They say, come on, live a little. This can happen around alcohol as well. And so some comments could be, I want to live a lot. And so because of that, actually, I'm going to take a pass. But thank you, though. You could also say, I haven't finished this one yet. And then you can kind of nurse that drink as long as possible. If someone says, come on, live a little, you could say, this is how I live. And I'm just not necessarily including this food or my booze hangover tomorrow. But thank you. If someone says, come on, live a little, you could say, oh, I'm so full. I couldn't eat anything right now. Hey, would you wrap me up some? Whoops. (laughs) Would you wrap me up some? I would love to have some tomorrow. So those are some ideas if someone pushes you a little bit. But let's think of, you know, there's 
sometimes the subtle food that's just kind of around. For example, maybe there's food in the break room. You know, it's that time of year when people bring in their special treats. And one thing you can think of, particularly if it's um, like a communal, you know, it's not, not individually wrapped, you can think to yourself, I wonder whose dirty fingers have touched all over that cake or those donuts or, you know, the, those cookies. Um, you know, try and, try and um, make them less appealing in your mind. Or you could just tell yourself, that's not for me. That's not my food. I didn't bring it in here. I don't eat free food at work because it's not my food. You could even tell yourself, I'm not a person that grabs food just because it's there. I decide what I want. And when I want, I will get, let's say I decide I want my favorite cookies, fill in the blank. And when I do decide to have my favorite cookies, I'm going to get the very best ones that are fill in the blank description. And then I'm going to enjoy the heck out of those cookies. So like I was talking to a different client the other day and she said, I'm a dessert girl. And I said, Let's, ex- let's just explore that for a second, you know, because whenever you say the words I am, that is an identify, an identifying statement, it kind of like says something about your identity. And that's like, deep level stuff there and your identity does not want to change. And so if you say I am a dessert girl, your subconscious mind will fight to make that true. And I and she had said something earlier where she like turned down some like store bought cup- cupcakes. And I told her you already have evidence right there that you are not necessarily a, um, you know, any old dessert girl, you, you go for special desserts. And so may I offer that you're not a dessert girl, you're a dessert snob, or you make sure you like you love dessert, but you make sure it's worth it. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And so be careful how you define yourself. And if there is a special food, like make it good. Like I, I love me some cookies. I can turn down cake, I can turn down ice cream, but when cookies come along, oh, look out. I can have eight of them without taking a breath. But they gotta be good. Like, I'm not going for the chips ahoy. They, I'm not, I will say, I make some good cookies. When I make my cookies, you better believe I'm enjoying the heck out of them. But I don't eat just any cookies. I make sure they're good. So same thing with you. If you have a special thing, make sure it's the really special kind. Um, going back to the idea of food in the break room, you can think to yourself, there's no such thing as free food. It may not cost money, but it costs physical or mental currency because I, it'll show up in my body later. So I, I choose to spend wisely. Okay, there's still, there's still some more thoughts here on how to say no. So example, let's say when you want it and you want to please somebody who's offering you this food, but you also kind of sort of don't want it because you're full. And maybe you're not needing to convince them, you need to convince yourself that you don't want it. So you can say, I tell myself that my family wants what's best for me. They love me more than I even know. But they just don't really know what's best for me right now. I do. And so I lovingly, because I love them so much too, I tell them I'm going to take a pass and I sit with them while they're enjoying the treat and I emphasize how much I enjoy our time together. So that's a way that you can kind of help yourself remember that I don't necessarily need this food to enjoy my family or the the people that are special in my life. Another thing you can say to yourself when someone offers you something and you kind of need to convince yourself that you don't need it, you could say, I know they mean well by asking and it was a form of their love language for so many years, but I can feel loved by them just by being together and I can tell them how much I love them and appreciate them with or without 
food. But let's get, get real. Sometimes there's the food out there that you're just like, it tastes so good. And it's really hard to stop. So here are some thoughts for that. This tastes so good. Maybe I should save a little bit and enjoy it again tomorrow. Or maybe it really isn't all that tasty, so I'll stop with bites now and so I can enjoy some later. You could also think about like diminishing returns. I eat what I want. I already got my money's worth. Uh, I heard somebody once say like a haircut analogy of like, if you pay extra for a haircut, that does not make you want more inches taken off of your hair. Like you pay for quality, not quantity when it comes to a haircut. And so you can kind of use the same analogy with food. Like I would not want to get more hair cut off of my head just because I can. And so same thing with food. Like I want that quality taste, but I don't necessarily need more of it to get that quality. Other things you can tell yourself when you're like, it just tastes so good. You can say, this will taste even better when I'm hungry again. It tastes so good right now and overeating it will not allow me to enjoy this any more than I already have. You can say, if I stop it enough, I'll be able to have it again next time when I am hungry, which is sooner than if I overeat right now. And you can also think, how am I going to think about this in 20 minutes or even tomorrow? It's all up to me. There's no rules except honoring my body. I'll just wait and see 20 minutes from now. Do I still want more? If I do, I can have some more. And then, of course, there's the times when you just can't even. And you're like, I don't care. I want to eat emotionally. It's I'm not hungry. I just want to feed my feelings. And that's okay. But here are some things you can ask yourself in those moments. I ask myself, what do I really need in that moment? Food doesn't solve hard. Food doesn't solve overwhelm. Overeating makes things hard. So that's just one thing to consider. You can stop and ask yourself, am I hungry? You can always ask, am I hungry? And then the answer might not always be to stop eating, but at least it does help you make a conscious decision about what your next decision is going to be. And you can also remind yourself, food solves true hunger, but it isn't my friend. It can't give me a hug. It doesn't solve those emotional things. And you can also remind yourself, my body gets a voice and a vote. And if it's telling me I've had enough, I can respect and appreciate everything my body does for me. And I can listen to my body's voice. Oh, all right. You ready to get tactical? These next tips are all about solid tips and what to do when you are approaching the holiday season, approaching the holiday meals, how to handle it. Ready? Let's talk about food first. Number one, don't arrive hungry. Don't come to the party when you're starving. Because that makes your brain feel like I, you know, there's a famine coming and it's freaked out. And so you'll want to have all the food. So give yourself a chance to eat sensibly earlier in the day before the party. Don't arrive starving. If you are going to a party, be cautious with the snack table. It is so easy to lose track of the number of snacks you've had if you're just kind of grabbing and going. So if you're going to enjoy the snacks from the snack table, do yourself a favor of putting it on a plate Put it on a napkin so you can see the volume. You can see all of it and then kind of count it as a serving. How many times are you going to go back to the snack table? Two, three, five? Decide ahead of time. Put it always on a plate so that you know how much you're having. If you're going to a party, you can always bring your own. 
Control the controllables by bringing a healthy dish or at least something that you can put on your plate. It's, you know, a veggie tray is always an easy go-to. Here's one that's a fun one. I like to think of leaving a little white space on the plate. You know, if you're serving yourself, see if you can see the plate beneath the food. If there's so much food on your plate that you cannot see the white of the plate underneath it, maybe, you know, you can put a little bit back and you probably won't miss it. If you do, you can always go back for more, but see if you can find a little white space on that plate. Um, speaking of, if you are at a, a type of event where you can um, serve yourself, put the healthy foods on your plate first. Fill up with some veggies, some fiber, and then put the extra stuff on the outside. And enjoy every bite. Be present. Be you know, be present for it, enjoy it, taste it, smell it, experience it. This is a special time of year. So live it up. Don't eat in secret. Don't eat in a rush because you're trying to hide from somebody else or from yourself. Go ahead and allow yourself to enjoy what you enjoy and be present with it. And know that you can always portion out the food. You can freeze the rest. You don't have to eat all of it just to get it out of the house. You can freeze it. You can toss it. It's okay. Other things to think about during the holiday season, water, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. It's cooler outside, so we don't think about water as much. It's easy to get busy and you know just forget to drink water. And hydration makes so much sense because when you're off of your routine, it's hard to get in as much water. And water makes up about 70% of our cells. So when you're dehydrated, your body um, is operating on kind of less resources, and therefore you're less likely to make some of those positive decisions that you want to make for, for yourself. Real quick, let's talk about alcohol. So lots of holidays involve holiday alcohols and special uh, drinks and so forth. Be aware that sugary drinks add a lot of calories. So like margaritas, mixers, eggnogs, things like that, they have a lot of sugar. So try sticking with wine or beer or low-carb mixed drinks like a vodka tonic, things like that. And then there's other strategies like, you know, one for one, glass of water, glass of wine, etc. Try having a cutoff, either time of night that you'll stop drinking or number of glasses that you'll have. Plan ahead for it. Just be just as intentional with your alcohol as you are with your food. And speaking of intentionality, sleep. I know you're busy. Try and get some sleep. Less sleep means you're more prone to eat more. So prioritize your sleep to be in control of your decisions. If you're out late, you know, at a party or something, take a nap. It's okay. Go easy on those things that interfere with your sleep, like eating late at night or drinking lots of alcohol. So take care of your sleep and protect it as you can. Alrighty. And finally, our last piece of advice, often the most forgotten piece of advice around the holidays is to have a plan for how you're going to get back to quote normal after the holidays. We plan for the holidays, but we don't plan for after the holidays. And so it is so easy to slip into those habits of snacking daily and grabbing a little bit of here and there. And suddenly it's like January 17th and you're like, I'm still eating like it's the middle of the holiday season. So make a plan now for how do you want to get back and when do you want to get back to your quote, normal way of eating? Map it out. What does your normal way of eating look like? Do you have a snack every day? Do you have a dessert every day? Do you have a glass of alcohol every day? 
what is your normal? And be clear about yourself, about what is this version of eating, that version of you that you want to get back to after the holidays are over. Don't let the natural slow creep of old habits sneak up on you. Habits are like riding a bicycle. You know, the natural way of things is if you do nothing, you will slow down and fall over. Habits are the same way. If you do nothing, the natural way of things is you will fall back into old familiar habits. It's like gravity. It's not a character flaw. It's not, you know, shame on you because you can't stick with your healthy habits. It's normal. If you want to stay on the bike, you got to keep pedaling. Sometimes you pedal faster than others. Sometimes it just takes a little pedal here and there and you coast for a bit. The holidays are probably a time of year that you're coasting a little bit, but still pedal. Keep pedaling just a little bit. And so be intentional about your healthy habits so that those old habits don't sneak up on you. Next, make a list of the top two or three things that are key pillars for you. These are like your domino habits. It's like, if when I do this, it makes other things easier. So for example, for me, I like to work out in the morning, but working out is not my key habit. My key habit is getting to sleep on time because I know if I get to sleep on time the night before, I sleep better and then I'm more likely to get up in the morning and I'm more likely to have the energy to work out. So my key domino habit is going to bed on time. I had another client tell me that one of her key habits is journaling. And this is not like sitting down for 30 minutes and writing out, you know, an opus. She's, you know, just journaling about how do I want my day to look? What's important to me today? And she realized that when she took time to journal, it helped her set up her goals for her day, like drinking water, making a meal plan. And so her pillar wasn't making a meal plan or drinking water. It was journaling because it made other things easier. So customize your list. Don't make it complicated. Two or three things tops. Name it like your name here's personal pillars for success or greatness or awesomeness or feeling goodness, whatever it is. Two or three things. These are my things that help me get clear and make a difference for me. All right, then last, grab your calendar. Look at it. What day of the month, year, whatever, what day do you want to get back to my pillars consistently? What day do I want get back want to get back to my normal? When do I want to start pedaling on that bicycle again? Make an appointment with yourself. I mean, ideally, you're doing these pillars most of the time, but you know, we're realistic here. Holidays are a little different. Life has a seasonality to it, and the key to success is not all or nothing. It's flexibility and optimism. So, look at the calendar. When am I going to say, "Okay, holidays are over. I'm getting back to my two key pillars of going to bed on time and writing my journaling." Now is the time it's happening. Your future self will thank you. All right. Remember, you are a piece of the divine and you are completely worthy exactly as you are. You are completely worthy no matter what you decide to eat, no matter what you weigh, no matter what your food choices are. They do not define you or your holiday season. Decide what you want for yourself this holiday. You get to define you. So you're ready for our confident body action step for the week? Here we go. Think about January 2nd. How do you want to feel on that day? Really bring it to mind. Maybe even journal about it. Then think backwards and reverse engineer. How do you want to show up in those little moments to make your January 2nd feeling a reality? Then step three, tell one person about your plan of how you're going to show up for yourself. Tell your spouse, your partner, a friend. Heck, you can even tell me. Just send me an email. 
Lizzie at confidentbody.coach. By telling one person about here's my plan, how I want to show up, that helps you put it into reality. I do this with my husband sometimes. I'm like, when we go out tonight, I'm having one glass of wine. And I'm not telling you this to help me keep me, you know, to be my boss. I'm telling you this for, for my sake. If I speak it out loud, I am much more likely to actually do it. And he's like, all good. I don't care how much you drink. I'm like, I know you don't, but I do. So help yourself by sharing it with one person. So those three steps were think about January 2nd. How do you want to feel? Step two, think backwards. How you can how can you reverse engineer that feeling? And step three, tell one person what you're going to put into plan for how you want to show up for you. And there is a whole section in my book about handling the holidays and other random life events in the imperfect toolbox at the end of the book in the back section. Just search for You Are a Miracle on Amazon, which by the way, could maybe make a nice holiday gift. It's, you know, it's interesting. I always had the hardest time um, deciding or like asking for stuff for that for Christmas. Um, you know, my husband would say, what do you want for Christmas or birthdays? I'm like, I don't know, not, nothing, I'm fine. But it's interesting, the last two years, I've been able to think of things. And I think that might be related to the fact that I've been proactively working on the the gift and the skill of receiving. Like receiving is a gift to somebody else. Like imagine when you give somebody a present and they're like, oh no, I couldn't. That doesn't feel good. Gracefully receiving is a skill and we need to practice it. It's important. It is part of this glorious life. When someone gives you a compliment, do you receive it? So see if you could practice receiving. That was an extra little bonus tip. So back to my book. If you want, you could ask someone in your life, hey, I would like this book for the holidays. That could be a cool little holiday gift. So anyway, before we go, remember, love yourself because we can only love others to the extent that we can first love ourselves. You cannot pour out love from an empty well. Think about how good it feels when you express your love towards someone and they receive it so fully and they're just like, gosh, I love you too. Thank you. Allow others to feel good in that way by receiving their love too. And you can only truly accept and receive that love from others when you love yourself first. Hmm. Before we go, happy holidays, my dear friend. I am so, so very grateful for you. I'm sending you blessings and smiles and hugs and rainbows and sparkles and Care Bear stares right back at you. That may have been a little bit too much, but I can't help it. I decided a long time ago that I am happier when I just own my weird. So there you have it. You are so special and I hope you know it. You are a miracle. Mwah! Thank you so much for listening today. Seriously, I know it's not a small thing and I genuinely appreciate it and I hope it helped you. Make sure you head on over to confidentbody.coach slash tips and sign up for my seven top tips for little shifts that create big results so that you can start feeling confident in your body right now. I will see you next week. And until then, remember, you are a miracle.